Not more than five days after she had dispatched an urgent missive to her brother, the most honourable, the Marquis of Alverstoke, requesting him to visit her at his earliest convenience, the widowed Lady Buxted was relieved to learn from her youngest daughter that Uncle Vernon had just driven up to the house, wearing a coat with dozens of capes and looking as fine as fivepence. "'In a smart new caracol, too, Mamma, and everything prime about him,' declared Miss Kitty, flattening her nose against the window-pane in her effort to squint down into the street. "'He is the most tremendous swell, isn't he, Mamma?' Lady Buxted responded in repressive accents, desiring her not to use expressions unbefitting a lady of quality, and dismissing her to the schoolroom. Lady Buxted was not one of her brother's admirers, and the intelligence that he had driven himself to Grosvenor Place in his curricle did nothing to advance him in her good graces. It was a fine spring morning, but a sharp wind was blowing, and no one who knew him could suppose that the Marquis would keep his high-bred horses waiting for more than a few minutes. This did not augur well for the scheme she had in mind, not as she had bitterly observed to her elder sister that she cherished any but the gloomiest expectations, Alverstoke being, without exception, the most selfish, disobliging creature alive. To this proposition, Lady Jevington, a commanding matron on the shady side of forty, lent only qualified support. She might, and did, think her only brother selfish and disobliging. But she could perceive no reason why he should be expected to do more for Louisa than for herself. As for Louisa's two sons and three daughters, Lady Jevington found herself unable to blame Alphastoke for taking no interest in any of them. It was really impossible to be interested in such commonplace children. That he was equally uninterested in her own offspring did, however, argue a selfish disposition. Anyone would have supposed that a bachelor, who was not only of the first stare, but who was also possessed of considerable wealth, would have been only too glad to have sponsored such a promising nephew as her beloved Gregory into the select circle which he himself adorned, and to have exerted himself to have brought dear Anna into fashion. That Anna had become eligibly betrothed without the least assistance from him in no way mitigated her ladyship's resentment. And, although she admitted the justice of her unfashionable lord's reminder that she disapproved of the frippery set to which Alverstoke belonged, and had frequently expressed the hope that Gregory would never allow himself to be drawn into it, she still could not forgive Alverstoke for having made no attempt to do so.